It's time now for the Jack Michael Show on 740 The Fan and 740TheFan.com. To phone in, call 237-3767, 1-888-458-6926, or you can text short code to 35270. J-Mac, wing left, Kyle Anderson. Left-handed dribble to the baseline, drops it back for Towns. He'll rise up in traffic, off glass, got it, the jump hook. 24 for Ken. Bridges, 340 left to play. Trailing by four. Bridges has Ant in jail on his hip. Runs it up and hits. Now it's a two-point game. The Wolves are fighting for their life. Ant has taken 18 shots for his 24 points. Kyle Anderson picked the pocket of Cam Thomas. K.A. runs it across the lane. To the corner. Nikhil, three ball. Yes! That's a big swing right there. The Nets had possession. Down by three. And they turn it over, and the Timberwolves turn it into a trifecta. Riley moves it ahead. Nashville had the three-on-one right before the break. A great opportunity to go up by two. Now Yossi will try it. They score! It's stepped through! Traffic in front! O'Reilly was there. Yossi again with the magic touch from the point. it's you're real with yourself you understand where you're at as a quarterback um how you played and it doesn't matter if you play good or bad like you can't i don't think take really any of that with you the next week it's a new game it's a new scheme it's new environment everything everything about it is new so it's almost like you got to clean the slate game on Saturday night. we got to get four out of six points this week, and then we go on break, we got to reset, and then we come back, and then there's that next phase of the uh, of the season. So I think we'll address that when we come back. But right now the main focus is, is uh, you know, regrouping tomorrow and then making sure we're at our best on Saturday night and, you know, come out of this week four out of six points, and, you know, that's a good week for us. song for every season winter has a reason otherwise it'd be no spring when summer comes we'll soak it in and play away through autumn raise your glasses if you got them and let's toast the whole damn thing Yeah, there's there's a lot of offense on both teams, a lot of playmaking, um, and again, it's, it'll be another fast-paced series here this weekend. James Hamilton kicks into the corner. Mikey Hamilton, the three, came up short, followed by Minganoji. Minganoji, they can't stop him on the inside. Keeps you sharp, right? Iron sharpens iron, and and I and I firmly believe that's playoff hockey. Um, you know what you're seeing in St. Cloud, and what you're going to see this weekend. That's what you're going to see, you know, in the NCHE playoffs and the national tournament. So, like a very good team, we're a very good team. Uh, they're coming into our barn.
Uh, the Jack Michael Show is on the air today, and if you've heard the advertisements on our radio properties on 740 The Fan and, and whatnot, you've heard the jingle, and everybody can sing it. Uh, the boat show is coming better, climb aboard. The boat show is coming better, climb aboard. Well, Derek Hansen and I are here to tell you, the boat show is here. <laughs> it is here. They just literally, Barry Seneco just made the announcement at the fabulous Fargo Dome on the north side of Fargo. And I just heard the announcement. The boat, the Fargo Dome doors are open. Welcome to the 32nd Annual Boat Marine Product Show. And that is where we are coming to you live from today on the Jack Michael Show on a Friday. Derek Hansen in our studios on the fifth largest daytime signal in the United States of America. So uh, welcome aboard our friends in Canada. And uh, we'll talk with Barry in a little bit and everything else that uh, that is going on in the uh, Fargo Dome, including, <laughs> including, and they have, and Derek will attest this, because he's, he's a lake guy, Minnesota guy, a lot, loves the lake. I do as well, but Derek has experienced much more than I have. Uh, docks and boats and pontoons and personal watercrafts and all the fun and derivatives that come from that. But I learned something today that here at the Boat Marine Products Show, because they've got something for everybody and probably every budget financing available, and Barry will tell you more about that. But I'll tell you something. I learned, I, I got a little, you know, we're all giddy. Derek, the other day I mentioned it was the anniversary of the sale of the, the billion-dollar house. Remember, it's this Bel Air Mansion. I am. That it is just, yeah, off the charts, you know. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just human nature. We're always so engaged in, oh, how much does this or how much was that, you know, showing Otani's contract. So we like big numbers. Now, as much as they've got a watercraft here for any budget under the sun, and whatever you want to get into, they'll work with you and do it. <laughs> right before the show, Brian Shin comes over. We're talking about, oh, that's a nice boat. Oh, yeah, that's easy access. Well, you can get into that for, you know, this $100, a couple hundred dollars a month or 300 I quizzed. <laughs> Brian says, what do you think the most expensive boat we have here at the Fargo Dome is? Because, you know, we're talking about big numbers. I said, oh, I don't know. 80, da 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 And Derek, what did you say? Because, well, I was just recently looking at some boats, and I saw one that you could get for, did you say 100 or something? 160. 110? Yeah, 160. I thought, oh, that must be a really nice, nice uh, oh, vessel. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking at a boat, the boat show price. I think it's 417000 so now, oh. if you if you certainly if that's your if that's in your range, God bless you. Come on down, and that's the boat. Go get it. But there's something intriguing to me about that, Derek. And, and again, not everybody can you know can probably you know you know that's maybe not part of their wheelhouse. But they have something for everybody. But I'm curious if if you purchased some a boat. A luxury, obviously, a luxury liner, luxury boat for 400k. Uh, you can you the pricing on that is like 3560 a month for 240 months. Huh. So you know, you know, that's you can get into there, and they'll finance that too. Obviously, you don't have to. They'll finance everything. You get a boat for five thousand, they could finance that. I don't know whatever else, but I'm thinking if you're drop, if you had a four hundred thousand dollar boat, what would you have in it? What would you want in it? What would you expect? Probably some luxury seating, you know. Derek, I don't know. He I think I want a driver price. and a butler for that price. I'm just throwing that out. 
That's right. It comes with Kevin yep. and uh, Becky. Yep, Those two exactly. uh, will be included in the prize. Captain Kevin, uh, uh, I, I, Becky, you'd be the major <laughs> D. Yeah. Yeah, they you, have, you, uh, I'd maybe even want a gopher. You'd have Captain Steubing, gopher, and, you know, and, you know. who's the guy? Who's the bartender? What was his name? Uh, uh, that, oh, the, 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 he had the chops. Yeah. I, it, he kind of looked like the junkyard Carly. dog. What the heck was Did his name? Did you say Isaac? Isaac. Uh, oh, it yeah. is Isaac. Yeah, there you go. Isaac. Oh yeah, I might have to come with the whole crew. And yeah, who's the the lady in the Julie. Julie? Wow, maybe we should just do love boat trivia. This is here. pretty good. Yeah, I... Carlene would own this. Uh, yeah, she's she's all our... over it. I way to go, oh, Carlene. She's been on both. You know, I'm sitting. I'm lucky today because Carlene and, and Carlene's one of our great account managers and and uh, takes care of Jack and Derek. And when we're doing things like this, and you know, Derek's water guy, you know, Minnesota guy. You and your family, I mean, if you didn't grow up on a lake, you certainly spent a lot of time on it, right? Yep. For 400 k I'm not saying that, you know, and if you do buy that, tell them Jack Michaels <laughs> today. But uh, I, I guess it is the luxury on that. Like Derek was talking about, you know, facetiously with the butlers and all that. But it is like the seats are nicer than any home you've ever probably been in. Uh, my guess is it's it's got some power behind it. I'd imagine that it takes a little something to power that up and, and and all that. But that's the beauty of the Boat and Marine Products show. You have that, what we were just talking about, to, you know, on the other end, we're much easier to get into. So if you're thinking about, and Barry will speak to this, but if you're thinking about getting into a personal watercraft, and down here where Carlene and I are sitting, uh, down to our left are those, those jet skis that... The what? Wave runners. Wave runners, yes. I like old school jet skis, I still call them. Yeah. My girls grew up on a, next to the river running through their backyard. They're jet ski people or wave runner people. Yep. Um, you know, Derek, you're kind of a pontoon guy. Yeah, that's um, an understatement. Yep. <laughs> we have a fishing boat. You have a fishing boat? Yes, a Lund. And uh, you shut the motor off at just any kind of, kind of rock in the water oh, and the lines go in. Yep. Can I water ski behind it? Oh, yeah. We take the kids tubing when they were younger. Yeah. I want to see Todd's that. face as you came home with that $400,000 boat. That's right. <laughs> text him now and say, honey. Exactly. Guess what I, I mean, found. I, just, uh, I think I need a new place to sleep. Tonight. Honey, I just, I, Barry, I think we just sold the, the 400 k boat, but hold on. Uh, if we did that right away, I just said, tell him Jack sent you. Uh, Brian, Carlene is doing it. Let's... <laughs> Is it a commission? <laughs> Find out the dealer on that and do it in. Uh, let, me, let me pull uh, Barry Seneco, Brian Shan. We chatted with Brian the other day on the air grade to see Brian. And uh, Barry was just a fantastic human being. And this is uh, this is not Barry's first rodeo. It's not Seneco's first. Uh, which uh, is it too, too short? Oh, you know, I'm not. I haven't had a career in radio. I still have hearing. Okay. What's that? <laughs> Jack has everyone's earphones cranked I forget. Up. Mine's at 11. Me and the, mine's at 11. Carlene's probably at 3, and I had Barry apparently at 11. When you, exactly. This is your headphone. Oh, button. nice. So I think opposite <laughs> right there. He's going down more. Yeah. That's right, Derek. Uh, Derek's back in our studio. Just tell the, sh- the talent, Barry Stegel, this is yours. Have it where you want it. Well, you can Perfect. have everything. So I was, we were just talking about this. So whether it's what makes this show this show. You got high end. Look, I'm yep. I'm here to invest into something finance. My budget's about thirty five, thirty six hundred a month. Can you stretch these payments mm-hmm. out to two hundred twenty years? Twenty years. Can you do that for me? Can you get me a real nice? Yep. And then you can have uh, you know a guy saying, "Look, I I I, I like this boat." 
but my affordability, a couple hundred, few hundred, three hundred, and I've got a little trade-in on. That's the beauty of this show. Yeah, it really is. I was walking around this morning when we were doing some media, and, yeah, you gravitate towards the the Rangers and the high-end Lunds and this and that. And then I found this uh, 16-foot Lund with, like, a 40 on the back, and just like a boat I've caught. Thousands of fish in, huh? You know, Carling was just talking about their their boat. Yeah, mm-hmm. London Baron had it for fish in, and bring the lines in and put the tube out behind it and let the kids run around yep. on, on that kind of that kind of thing. Thirty two years for this baby, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't think we look a day over seventeen. <laughs> I think we look darn. Nice. You were five when you had your exactly. first show, Barry. Quite the uh, prodigy. <laughs> it is good. Uh, wave runners, uh, pontoons. It is, uh, it's a feast for all. Brian and I were chatting the other day, as you and I have talked about mm-hmm. before, uh, and also these dealers, you know, they've, they've got stock. They want to put, they want to move this stuff. They, the, the sales, the specials, this yeah. is it. You know, during Corona, that kind of changed everything. Demand was high, inventory was low. Now we have inventory. And the boat market's really going back to normal. We've got January and February factory rebates. Those are a thing. Uh, the interest rates aren't bad, and inventory is good. And what? there's there's plenty of 2023s that are out there, too. Not, and it's, it's not here to, you know, pressure. Again, Fargo Dome, folks, come on over. We reach all over the region, and it's this weekend. If, you're, if today's the day, pop on in. Mm-hmm. And, and not to pressure you, but the, the procrastination, if you procrastinate, and now all of a sudden, January and the calendar flips to February. You know what yeah. happens mid-February? You're buying candy for your sweethearts. You're not maybe thinking about. But then it flips to March, and boy, look at the weather's really kind of nice. Now <laughs> it's now it's April. You know, and you're still thinking about. Gosh, you know, and now now you're tiptoeing into May, and now you've waited and thinking, boy, we should really have gotten to. There, there's yep. there's a reason why the show is here today. And what's really nice this is weekend. if you come down this weekend, you can talk to the factory reps and start designing your own personal boat. If you want a stock boat, that's fine. They're going to have those. Yeah. But if you want to take your pontoon and I want to move the council over here, I want to have a sink over here. Yeah, I want a little tuck-away bathroom right over there. Yeah. Design your boat. Do it what you want. But you want to start now if you want to see that boat in April. And you want to get that thing in the water and you want to be enjoying uh, that, which is the reason you probably thought about getting into one in the and first what, place. And what, oh, what, if we have an open spring, if we have open water early? Wouldn't that be a nice change? If it hits 50 next week, it might be 85 by uh, <laughs> Valentine's Day. That's right. <laughs> on that. Uh, not only that, uh, you can learn how to catch fish. I know that Brian Shin, he uses the Old Spice scenting for his fish catching. Still works, apparently. Yeah, yeah. On the, uh, I don't know, Barry, what sense you've used over the years. I upgraded to Axe. <laughs> so, you know. What, by the oh way, I'm a little gosh. younger than Brian. What, what does a peppermint bathroom Axe spray, what does that pull in? A lot of crap? Yeah. Of uh, you know, nothing good. Nothing, nothing good. good. Uh, nothing good. Uh, I don't know if Tim Winterhalter is going to be talking about Old Spice and Axe, maybe, mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. They, you know, sense a big thing and technology is a big thing, but exhibitors are a big thing. And, and if that's your angle to come in here and learn a couple of tips and things, you got that too, Barry. Yeah. You know, I used to do fishing seminars at the boat show along with electronics, and I realized people only care about electronics at a boat show. Sports show, you bet. We'll have your angling, you know, your fishing ones right. over there. But he's going to do a nice job. He's going to be talking all weekend using modern electronics to improve your angling success. Kind of a meat and potato yep. seminar. We like him every year. This one's different, and I'm going to have to take this one in. Using the Johnson Outdoors One Boat Network to integrate the tools in your watercraft. And, you know, 
people are getting more and more electronics on their boat, more and more different pieces between the trolling motor, your entertainment center, your maybe two to three sure. sonars, not just one, two to three. I think this is a system to integrate everything. I'm kind of, I'm very interested to see how it all works. When you look at integrate, and, and when you integrate all this stuff, and technology has changed. Let's face mm-hmm. it. You know, I, I thought Atari was fantastic as a video sure. game, uh, but then in television and J- Sega, Gen- you know, you know, we've all yeah. been there, right? Uh, it's not any different than 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 this kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. and to be able to learn what that does, and the integration of all of these uh, components that are going on. Tim, can, he's sewing all this together for people. He is. And then when you get your knowledge on, you can walk right down the steps, read Sporting Goods, and they've yeah. got all that technology right there. And, you know, it is, if you go out with people who take fishing very seriously, yeah. it's not unusual to see three different sets of sonar and depth finder. Did your pops, uh, did, did you bait, did you put a worm on the hook yourself or did, did pops? Oh, no, I did it. I did it, <laughs> you know. You know, did, were you able to get the hook out of a fish's mouth just by trial and error, or did, did somebody show you that? No, I had to do it with my buddies because he was at the VFW, so, yeah. you know. And that's my point. Nowadays, <laughs> <laughs> if you have a friend of the VFW, uh, that's my point. Nowadays, it wouldn't be uncommon. You know, where, where Dad taught us, here, son, this is how you bend the hook back, and it comes out of the mouth easier, and, and here's how you, this is where you would would throw, get it through the minnow, you know, and yep. put it on there so it doesn't fall off the hook, and now you're out of bait and all that. Nowadays, probably the kids are showing the, the adults how to use this technology. Can and you imagine wa- that scene, Mary? And they're both watching YouTube. Right. right. Uh, while they're, how, while they're how do I tie a better hook? Son, how get do over I here. tie a better line? Son, get not. over here and show me how this, <laughs> this works over here. That's another reason why Tim will help you out on the technology. Uh, hours, tickets, website if people want to check that out first, Mary. Yeah, what, so what do we do? We're now open. We're opening uh, Friday. I heard your until, announcement. Yes. It was we're very now good. open until 8 p.m. Uh, Saturday. We're from 10 a.m., 8 p.m., Sunday from 10 to 5. And if you want to see everything going on, take in the seminar times, just go to FargoBoatShow.com, show hours, the exhibitor list, kind of plan your trip around what's important to you and see who's here and what you want to hit. But everything you need to know is at FargoBoatShow.com. I know we're up against the clock, and Brad Schlossman joining us. UND's got Denver this week, and uh, we'll be with us in a second. Uh, I'll throw this to Derek, too, but you first, Barry. Uh, Because pontoons are so darn popular. Mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. Trust me. Uh, how have they changed over the years? How have pontoons, because it seems a simple, pontoons, bigger, boom, yep. floating around, and yep. not much, but they probably have changed over the years. Well, they're absolutely bigger. Um, the tritunes came out eight, ten years ago. What I really see the big difference is the fit and finish is obviously significantly better than it used to be, but the motors are hanging on the back of them. You know, I remember when you'd see 150s or 200s tops. Mm-hmm. Now they've got 400s. If you want to, you can have two of them hanging on the back of that. You put two 400 Mercs on the back of a Tritune, you are screaming across across the water. Derek, how do you like those? I know that you like to kind of not sit and just hang a little bit. There's a presence to that, too. Yeah, but yeah I don't need 400 horsepower Derek. to listen to the Twins. Let's just put it that way. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> the, it's a little different. Yeah. I got a little different style. I don't need to get across Lake Lizzie in, you know, two seconds. It, it, it's fine. Uh, but for people who like pull, you know, because right now, and you know this, Barry, I mean, I see pontoons pulling three tubes at a time. It's just a different oh, yeah. animal than when I was growing up. I mean, pontoons, it was for fishing and lounging. It, and now it's really kind of a, all the above strategy if you're buying a pontoon now. It's a, it's just a totally different game. It really is. And, and I saw that we've got a, a, 
a deck boat down there, and I wasn't sure they were still making them. I love the concept of the deck boat. Oh, yeah, you for got sure. a pontoon top, and you've got a V-hull bottom. And, again, if you want to get up and go or you're towing people, you just scream across the Let's lake. Let's go. And, uh, and I, I'm really probably the biggest fan of the angling pontoons. I like the two big captain chairs in the back. So when you're trolling forward, you're fishing the fishing back. Fishing the back. Sure. It's perfect. It's per- and it's made for it. It's got a table there. You can clean fish right there. The uh, the boat show, I said earlier, the boat show's coming. I said, no, it's, not. it's here. It's here. <laughs> it's, it's the, the jingle has to go. You had popular. better have already who, climbed aboard. I know we got a break. Who who came up with that? Who came up with the? Who wrote it? Who came? Do you know? You know, we we bought that about twenty years ago. It's, it, it's one of those. Don't deals. you agree? It's you one of the most. It it's the it's like the we're gonna win twins. We're gonna win. It's got mm-hmm. the same catch to it, doesn't it? It does. It does. I, I love it. I'll never give it up. I don't. I was gonna ask you. I don't think you'll ever change nope. that jingle. It nope. is known by everybody. Barry Sinego, Brian Shin. Carlene's just going. She's waiting for concessions to open by the end of the hour. Oh, so. Cloverfield hot dog! Oh, right look up. at that! I gotta yeah. go get Jack's hot dog. It's our it's our <laughs> traditional. I get, get one Mustard? hour and then one wiener. That's my whole thing here. One hour, one hot dog, and then uh, let's go. Very good to see you, partner. All right, you too, buddy. All right, be good. We're at the boat show, as you heard right here. Fabulous Fargo Dome. Stop on by. As he said today, tomorrow, when we come back. Got a large hockey game going on at Ralph Finkelstead Arena this week in Denver. And UND, not a lot, of, a lot of love lost between these two teams. Brad Schlossman, who was just recently named the Sport Writer of the Year in North Dakota, beat writer for UND Hockey. He joins us next on 740 The Fan. Save big money at Menards and start your next project today. Update your home with new vinyl plank flooring. It's waterproof and durable, making it perfect for active families. Save today on the Peyton Vinyl Flooring Collection. It's available in two styles and features an attached pad for easy installation. Right now, Peyton Vinyl Plank Flooring is only one thirty. When I was there calling football and basketball, you know, Myron Schultz had a you know some solid teams that were going on. You played at the now, which is the uh, Resources Bowl, but we used to call it the Community Bowl. But yeah, I, I got a point of that, Brad. I, I, I there has been some movement on that. Well, that that conference is so huge, and and when you look at the NAIA, you know, Mary Dickinson State, some of those those were some heated rivalry type games that were going on uh, back down side. Well, well, yeah, I didn't mean Mary. Mary is uh, Division Two. I mean, yes, they're up. They're up a class from Jamestown, but. It is a Friday edition of the Jack Michael Show uh, coming up. You know, things have taken a, a, a tweak up here because uh, everybody's making food runs today at the Fargo Dome. Uh, it, it's a big weekend. The boat show is here. Uh, our thanks to Barry Snake. We might hear from Barry again or Brian later on here. The boat show is coming. It's here at the Fargo Dome. It's a wild weekend in sports. There was a lot of action last night. We'll get to it in a second. But I was playing cuts in that montage of Brad Barry, and he's just got me all geared up for hockey this weekend just to know what's in the front window and brad schlossman i know that that i was on the road last week when derek had you on so first thing for me first brad joins us on fridays congratulations brad on on uh, once again being named sports writer of the year in the state of north dakota it's a it's a no-brainer you do such a good job so congratulations brad good to have you on today bud how you doing i was good to chat with you jack the uh the weekend of Denver after the weekend at St. Cloud. It is uh, quite the combo platter, Brad, Brad Schlossman, and not being necessarily, and I know that UND will get into it, you can talk to it. They're not necessarily at full strength, got an injury there that, that others have to step up. But, boy, how about this back-to-back weekend action, Brad? Your thoughts? 
Yeah, when you look at the standings right now, uh, I, I know Western is lurking a little bit there, but it's really starting to look like it's going to be uh, a three-team uh, race for the Penrose Cup. Uh, you know, North Dakota, St. Cloud State, and Denver. And now all of a sudden, North Dakota plays those teams right in a row. Uh, they're quite important points for the standings. They're important for the pairwise. But these, these are potential really big swings here uh, in, in the chase for the, the league championship. And when you look at 11 league titles, uh, Penrose Cups have been handed out since the formation of the league. And the only three teams to win it are North Dakota, Denver, and St. Cloud State. So uh, it kind of feels like it's more of the same here, but just a, a really good chance for UND to measure up against some of the best teams in the country here in the second half again. I know they did quite a bit in the first half, too. They had a challenging schedule. Um, but, uh, you know, I think these type of games uh, will keep them sharp. And tonight they're about to see, uh, you know, the highest scoring team in college hockey on record. Um you know, I, I looked at the college hockey's uh, highest scoring teams in the last 20 years, and I think the highest one I saw was 4.54 goals a game. Uh, Denver's at like 5.3 right now. So not only are they on pace to have the best uh, scoring offense in the last 20 years, it's not even close. Like they are just blowing by these teams offensively. And I think that's going to be a really good challenge for uh, UND to try to slow them down a little bit. And Denver bunches some of those up, Brad, not unlike maybe Nashville last night who beat the Wild. I think they put three goals just bing, bang, bong, Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden the Wild are down 3-2. But I look at some of Denver, and and, uh, you mentioned the goals that they're, they're scoring, and I don't know if all these are on on you know power plays or what, where they are, but they I've looked and they bunch them up. I mean it's boom one they two do. three boom four right. Brad, talk to speak to that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and, and that's what we saw the first time these teams met. Uh, UND got behind four to one in no time. They were down by three goals. On the other side, the other thing about Denver is they have given up a lot as well. And so when when North Dakota is sitting there down four one in Denver. Uh, it, obviously a really difficult hole to climb out of, but you knew Denver was going to give some chances up. And sure enough, uh, UND ended up scoring seven that night and coming back and winning. So that that's Denver has, well, well, well they have piled up the goals, as you said, and they, they've done it in a hurry. They've done it at five on five. Uh, they've done it on the power play. Their power play has scored in eight straight games. They've scored more shorthanded goals than anyone in the country this year. So, it's kind of been in all manners, but um, on the other side, they, they have been susceptible to giving up a lot of goals, and um, UND took advantage of that in the first meeting. And this is where Ludwig Person could be pretty important, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's kind of what it comes down to. Absolutely. I, I think this is a series where um, you want a guy like that in net. He's, uh, you know, his previous stop at Miami, he faced a ton of shots. And last weekend at St. Cloud, UND wins the series opener, and, and uh, Ludwig Person was outstanding in that series. So he made a few just sensational desperation saves. And it really struck me after the game talking to him. It, it, you know, a lot of times you talk to a goalie who has a, a game like that, and they're really fired up after the game. He was so nonchalant, it was like nothing happened. <laughs> and, and that's kind of his personality, which I think can be really good for a goaltender. He just doesn't get too high or too low. He doesn't get rattled. 
And the other thing I thought of is, uh, you know, for, for people in Grand Forks, seeing a goalie make, you know, 35 saves in the game is a really heavy workload. For Ludwig Person, making 35 saves in the game was quite average at Miami. And in fact, a lot of nights he was seeing far more shots than that. So if he does see a lot of shots and he does see a lot of uh, grade-A opportunities from the highly skilled players Denver has, it's really not going to be anything out of the ordinary for him because he saw this at, at Miami all the time. Brad Schlossman joining us today on the Jack Michael Show. We're coming to you live today from the the boat show at the fabulous Fargo Dome. Ralph Engelstead Arena is going to be absolutely crazy this weekend. Uh, I always know it's busy because when I go up there to broadcast uh, basketball and I try to use that back lot at the Betty, <laughs> they, they ask, well, what time are you leaving, though? Because we've got hockey tonight. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll park uh, over here, including my children are going to go there. They got so, I mean, so this is the thing to do uh, is do that. And here's the other thing. I was, I was tuning into, I think it was um, uh, Brad's uh, uh, presser, perhaps, and, I, and, and you were asking him, Brad, for those that don't know, and think that, the, the, you know, Denver and UND have developed this nice little rivalry in, in recent years, NCHC. That's not true. This goes back, Brad, for those that don't know, much, much deeper than that, correct? Yeah, for me, since I've been around, when I really noticed it was starting around 2004-05. So in, in 2004, these teams played to go to the Frozen Four. In, in 2005, they had the uh, the incident at the final five where uh, Robbie Bina was checked from behind into the boards and suffered a, a broken neck. Uh, later that year, those teams end up playing for the national championship. Uh, it, it just seems like uh, for a stretch there, they were constantly playing in big games. Um, they, they played to go to the frozen four and um, wait, uh, they, they played in the NCHC, sorry, WCHA championship game. I'm getting all my leagues mixed up now. Uh, uh, they played the, in regional games. You know, it, it's just been, uh, you know, when I talk about uh, these two teams have won eight of the 11 Penrose Cups handed out, it, it's you, you realize that they've played a lot of big games against each other, and these two, two teams have kind of battled uh, at the top of the league for over a decade now. And if you go back to the other league, it's, it's, it was a lot of the same. So. Uh, big games tend to uh, build rivalries, and I think that's what's happened here. And I think it's not so much, it's not like you're sitting in the office during the UND-NDSU football week and have a grad from the other school there, but I think it's yeah. so many of these you know, these guys, they know each other, right? Whether they've crossed paths in certain type of summer leagues or world juniors or played you know, even in Canada together, that's kind of how it works sometimes in these rivalries, right? Yeah. For sure, and, and these two teams recruit a lot of the same players. They are recruiting the same areas. They recruit a lot of the same guys. So the, the you know not only have these guys played in you know the USHL or maybe up in the, the BCHL against each other, um, you know this is what a lot of decisions come down to is North Dakota and Denver for these kids on these two teams. So uh, you're right. There there is some familiarity there. And, you know, I just think from a fan's perspective, uh, they know these games are going to be heated and intense. They know these games have high stakes every time they play. These are, you know, arguably the two most consistent teams in college hockey over the last 20 years. They, they just have Brad, not so had down seasons. 
Yeah, I, I'm going to say to that point, uh, for those that wonder, this is the 309th meeting between North Dakota and Denver, uh, Brad, and uh, UND has that uh, that advantage. You referenced the uh, UND snapping their, their four-game skid to Denver uh, the, uh, this year in Denver, that 7-5, you know, come from behind, absolute barn burner, and then, you know, falling 3-2 in overtime. And and going back, and I was going to ask, you know, the, maybe the, the utopia way a season should go is that you, you come out strong, you know, your new players, the chemistry starts building, you get into conference play, and then, and then again, you're, you're getting good goaltending consistently, and you're rising and you're building. And by the time that the, the end of NCHC play, and when you start to, to staring down whether a Penrose and win that and get an NCAA tournament and all that, you want to be here. UND has <laughs> been a lot of uh, tight games, some overtime games. Mm-hmm. They they don't mm-hmm. knock on wood, tend to lose games in regulation, uh, mm-hmm. but, but they've been tested. What, what is that lineage this year as you've been following North Dakota hockey, Brad? Has it been a gradual one? Has it been just a consistent one? Has it been up and down? What does that graph look like for you? Well, I, I think that's an important point you made is the, the fact that a lot of the games down the stretch are really uh, tight games. And when you get into the playoffs, they're really tight games. And, and I think for UND, the, the, the big positive for this team is they've played in a lot of those, and they've played in a lot of different situations. They've had games where they've led. They've had games where they've had to come back from trailing. They've uh, proven they can win in a lot of different methods. So now when the postseason comes, it's really unlikely they're going to be in a situation that they haven't faced and come out of with success before. So I I think that is a big positive for them. Um, It it has been a – I'm not sure how to describe this season. They they, they haven't had a lot of ebb and flow. You know, a, a little bit in the results when they started losing some overtime games. But if you just look at uh, consistency, this team, it's been 17 games since they've lost in regulation. It, it was November 3rd, the last time they lost a regulation game. Um, I went back and looked this week. Uh, neither Gino Gasparini nor Dean Blaze ever had a team that went 17 games without losing in regulation. And to be wow. able to do that, you have to be a good team, but you also have to be consistent. I think there are teams, uh, Dean Blaze and Gino Gasparini teams, that were better than this team. But there probably was some inconsistency here where they lose this odd game or this odd game. To go that long of a stretch against the opponents they've played in that time and not lose a regulation game tells me that there's quite a high level of consistency there. You know, to look at it, too, and yeah, we're in like a – you know, the last month before we get into everything that's going on with the NCHC playoffs and all that. And I don't think they want to go to cruise control either. They kind of want to take home that Penrose and they probably want to do it in style. I'm, I'm assuming that's why this weekend's so big. Well, for sure. That's definitely one of their big goals every year is to, to win the, the league championship. And uh, I think that's a big deal in college hockey. It's a, uh, it's a sample size of 24 games. It's, it's a large sample size. And if you can come out on top, uh, of that over the year, it, it says uh, quite a bit about the team. Um, I, I think they want to uh, place themselves in the best possible position in the national tournament while they're at it. So I, I do think these are uh, critical games for them. And if they want to uh, win that Penrose Cup, which they definitely do, 
this weekend could play a huge role in whether they do or don't. I got maybe one and a half for, for Brad. We'll let him get ready with his busy day today. Uh, not necessarily at full strength going in. Brad, you can speak yeah. to that. I, I think is is it Johannes that they're going to be minus at least a forward tonight, right, UND? Yeah, Hunter Johannes uh, is not going to play for sure this weekend. He's out. He It sounded like his injury was sustained Friday against St. Cloud State. He pushed through for a little while. And then by the end of the game, he couldn't go. And then he sat out Saturday. Um, we'll see. Uh, you know, they, they play Miami next week, and then they have a bye week. And, uh, you know, I think one thing I, with UND being high in the pairwise right now, if they can stay there, what they did in 2016 when they won the national title is they were not rushing guys back from injury. The, the big picture was in mind, and it was uh, get everyone healthy, for the national tournament, don't rush and risk another injury. And if they can stay where they currently are, that might be a tactic Brad Berry takes and makes sure they're at full strength for the national tournament. So uh, I would guess they're going to be careful with Hunter Johannes because he has been such a key player. Um, there's a sure. chance Carson Albrecht might be out tonight as well. Um, but for for UND, uh, forward is in depth. at forward is one of their big strengths. So this is a chance to use that depth um, it, it, to their advantage because they have guys sitting out who absolutely can play. So, um, you know, I would guess we'll see Griffin Ness. I would guess we'll see Dane Montgomery if indeed Carson Albrecht can't go. And, you know, I don't think there's any reason those guys can't step in and, and get the job done. You know, guys, I don't know if you saw I'm sure Brad has seen this, but uh, I saw that the nominees are out, not necessarily the finals, but yeah. the nominees out for the Hobie Baker and, you know, to have three guys like Person, Jackson, Blake, no big surprise there. But, you know, Reese Gaber also on that. And I think that's well-deserved. And, you know, you and I talked about the leadership roles of some of these guys. There's a guy who's been just constant, steady Eddie for this, you know, program for quite some while. And no doubt one of the leaders for Brad Berry on this team. That's something you keep hearing this year, too. He, uh, Reese Gaber uh, got the captain's C this year. And every time you ask, either Brad Berry or one of the teammates about a really good game that Reese Gaber had or a really good play, they instantly pivot to talk about the leadership he showed throughout that game. And so that's been something that's interesting. And I think it goes back to the summer. UND has eight new guys on defense and two new goalies. They turned over their entire back end. I think we almost forget that because they've done so well this year. The, the transition's been so seamless that here they are number three in the pairwise in January when they didn't return a single defenseman or goal or top two goalies from last year. Um, and, and I think that was upon uh, incumbent upon Reese Gaber to bring these guys together in the summer. And if you were around town, you, you saw all these guys hanging out all summer and it wasn't just all the freshmen together and the sophomores together. You'd see the fifth year seniors hanging out with the freshmen and, and different things of that nature. So I think Reese Gaber has done a great job uh, going way back to July in setting the uh, foundation for this team to have success. I know it's not your job to to sell uh, the venue and, you know, try to throw some hype up. It doesn't need it. This weekend <laughs> doesn't certainly need it. But, I was, Derek, I was listening to your 6 o'clock this morning, and you were, you were promoting the, the hockey UND in Denver this week, and you said, I-29, 
you see a lot of taillights uh, <laughs> heading north. Yep. There are a lot of red taillights heading up. And it is the scene. If you've ever, and I, I said, I've got family that are going this weekend, and, and, and it's probably going to be packed to the roof. But my question for you, Brad, and I know, you know, in our jobs as media and whether, you know, Tim Hennessy is calling the game, Mike LeMoyne, and, and Darren's on the mic doing his PA, you're there in a working mode to cover the mm-hmm. game, to write stories, and then going on the radio and all that. So a lot of times we miss the the bells and whistles of a venue that makes if you don't stop and and soak it in you don't understand i'm sitting in the fargo dome this place tends to get a little a little loud with these jumbotrons on on saturdays and all that brad for you if to, to speak to a fan out there that maybe hasn't been to the ralph or or maybe is going for the first time this weekend or bringing a, a relative to say you got to check it out is it after a goal is it at the beginning? Is it the anticipation? If you allow yourself to soak it in, what's cool about the Ralph that, that stirs your blood, Brett? Well, I think for for starters, uh, you know, I think everyone is well documented how nice the building is. And there there might not be a nicer uh, hockey arena in North America. Um, but what sometimes can get lost in it, it it's also a kind of a college hockey museum in a way. When you walk around the concourses, they've done a really good job of bringing history into the building. And you'll see, uh, you know, pictures of all the All-Americans. You'll see display cases of uh, events they've had there. Um, I think that's something that, you know, if you go around the upper bowl, you'll see a a picture of every guy that's ever played in the NHL uh, up there. Uh, I I think that's something that's that's kind of cool to, to me, that it's not just a really nice building. They've brought a lot of history into it and made it into a little uh, bit of a museum. So I think that's where it starts. You walk around, you you get a little bit of the uh, the ambiance of the the place. You will smell the uh, the Bavarian almonds as you walk in. That's something that's extremely unique to game day. Um, you know, it, 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 the second you smell that, you know it's a game day in Grand Forks. They've actually started, I think, smelling, uh, selling candles that smell like that. So <laughs> I like that idea. Get the awesome. ambiance of it. Um, and then, of course, once the game starts, uh, uh, you'll see the atmosphere and the energy in the building and just the really high quality of play. When I watch NHL guys these days and see uh, the best players in the league, um, the number of them that I've seen come through Grand Forks, uh, whether it be on UND's team or their opponents, is quite astounding. Um, and so you are seeing guys who are going to star at the next level. And so I think uh, all those things uh, combined, and <clears throat> it's definitely a unique experience. That, Derek, what, what Brad just went over right there, what he just what should be a commercial. We should text Jody Hodgson. And <laughs> yeah, say, That's there you what go. Brad just said. <laughs> It should be on a billboard or a commercial because that you nailed it, man. I tell you that you just put me and Derek and I'm sure everybody tuning in right in that place, and mm, it is. It's unlike, and I think the key on that is we can't take for granted what we have, and and I know you don't, Brad, but you just can't take for granted these venues and atmospheres that we have right in our backyard. It is absolutely, and and this weekend that 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 roof's going to come off. I'll guarantee you. Don't you feel it, Brad? Don't you? Do you feel? Yeah. There's just a little something extra this weekend. Don't you feel it? For, for sure. And, and you know, the, the other thing I, I would add is because I, I talked to uh, uh, Dave Haxtell a few years ago when he was with the Philadelphia Flyers. And they were going around and playing these uh, all these different teams. And um, one of his assistant coaches mentioned to him 
uh, like, are you kidding me? That guy went to North Dakota too. You know, he, he you know, one night there they go and it's, uh, <laughs> you know, Travis Zajac scoring against them. And then it's Drew Stafford. And then, oh, she scores. And then he's like, Brad Malone had this really big game. And they were like, are you, are you serious? Like all these guys went to North Dakota. And I, I think that, you know, comment to, uh, um, kind of uh, registered him like uh, ho- hopefully the the fans realize what high level they are seeing there because here are these NHL guys are like you've got to be kidding me all these guys played it in North Dakota <laughs> I don't think it's great stuff. it just seems weird that I want to go to the game now just to get those almonds I guess Jack could uh, give me it's, you can bring me it, back some from there I guess where I he's just, at right now I'll so. go sneak in yeah. back and get those Bavarian oh, almonds he's right though Derek. you want it, it is the smell that oh, of all sure. the senses he, he yeah. nailed it. That, that's exactly it. He nailed. It. And we'd be remiss if we didn't give a shout out to our friends in War Road. Uh, yeah, pretty true. special week. Yeah, right. Derek and Brad, they, kind of a special yeah. week that culminates in, in the Wild and the Ducks. And that's a. By the way, Brad, that's a large one for the Wild coming up now. Uh, they need some wins. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> I don't know if they're going to get them, but uh, yeah, I mean, War Road and Roso. It, it, It'll be a great scene. Everyone knows World. They'll do things right up there. And not only to have the hockey day and the setting there for the outdoor game, but to get World Rozo on there too. Um, you know, I, I think fans all over the state of Minnesota who have heard about this rivalry for years and years and years are going to be really excited to watch it. Um, each side has a, already has a college-committed player. Uh, uh, you know, Pilgrim at uh, Warroad is headed to UND. Ernest at Rozo is headed to St. Cloud State. So you've got some future college hockey guys uh, uh, in, in this game, and it, it just it should be a it's a really great event. Well, it's funny too. You mentioned that too because it it's a shame they don't bring UND into this a little bit more. Because I mean, what you can you know, I mean, it's, you can walk across from Minnesota to North Dakota right now. But if if hockey Town USA is, I mean, the, the connections between UND and Warroad, I mean, Dave Christian and TJ Oshie, as you mentioned, I mean, it, it goes a long, long ways with history there. Holy cow. Well, that's how, that's how UND hockey started. We can bring it full circle. Uh, you know, Cal Marvin was one of the, uh, the pioneers that started UND hockey back in the day, and he is from uh, Warroad, obviously. So um, without Cal Marvin, there might not be UND hockey. So, uh like, Great stuff. Said, he is Brad Schlossman. He is Brad Schlossman, who is who is uh, forgotten more about hockey than, than most of us would love to to learn, and that's good stuff. Brad, I'll see you. Save me a spot somewhere in the back by the garbage cans, by the between the Betty and the Ralph, and I'll maybe get a parking spot for my game tomorrow as well. Brad, uh, have a good uh, have a good one tonight. We'll read all about it and uh, see your social media and uh, check in with you again next week. Thanks for the time today, Brad. Perfect. Talk to you guys soon. You bet. The great Brad Schlossman joining us. Jack Michael Show coming live from the Boat Show. Joel Heitkamp is here. He's eyeing that $400,000 boat as we speak. $3,500 a month, 240 months, financing yeah. available. Uh, yeah. He don't need uh, financing. He just, you know, he don't even uh, need a cashier's just, check. Just Joel he, C. Heitkamp. Well, 400 sure. grand. It's right over there. And how about that? How about a 240-month financing? That's what we're talking about. Yeah, we can, uh, Derek. Maybe we can all pull. Uh, no, we we still. I'm going to look at the wave runners on this. We'll is that is that boat bigger than Elsie though? That's the only problem. I don't know if it could fit in there. The that yeah. <laughs> you're right. That boat wouldn't fit in Lake Elsie. Yeah. I think he would need a. He would need to get out in my neck of the woods out there in Sakakoe. That's a good point. Yes, that might work on Lake of the Woods, but yeah. 
Yeah, Lake of the Woods, something like that. Take a quick time out. We'll come back with more. Jack Michael Show, Derek Hansen. We're broadcasting live from the Boat and Ring Products Show. The Boat Show is here at the fabulous Fargo Dome. A lot of big stuff yesterday we got to talk about and the weekend as well. Jack Michael Show coming to you live from the fabulous Fargo Dome. Holy cow, the walkie-talkies, you can tell it's a busy day. My man Kevin is uh, as part of the event staff here and he was Derek he was just chatting to me a little bit about a Jared Spurgeon video he was into the hockey talk there with Brad and so we're all getting that yeah and I noticed when I asked uh when I asked uh, you and Brad about the wild and Brad hesitated and said well they need some wins <laughs> I think that put kind of the wild in a uh-huh. perspective uh it, I got to get this across last night there's been something in the water, I think, the last two weeks. Going back to Joel Embiid's 70 points he dropped in a game. Carl Anthony Towns, 62 points he had. And so on and so forth. Ashton Safransky for Fargo Davies pours in 41 in a, in a high school game. And I, I was saying that there's something in the water, Derek. There, there's something going on. And last night, to, to make my point and prove it, you know, last night at the Shack, which is not far, obviously, from where I am right now at the Fargo Dome, L. Evans for North Dakota State, she had, she made seven threes last night. And because they were blowing out St. Thomas by, you know, a million, you know, 10, 20, 30, got to 30, uh, she would have had more minutes, thus probably would have had a 40-point night with who knows how many threes. But L. Evans scores 29 last night, probably didn't play a chunk of the, you know, fourth quarter and whatnot. It's seven for seven threes. So I'm like, wow, there, there truly is something going on with all these outputs and then last night when I got back from uh, the Fargo South game, Bob Roars was doing that. I was over at South doing the PA thing, and and I and I flip on uh, the Denver Pioneers taking on South Dakota men's game. And it means something. South Dakota's coach was a former Williston State guy and coach there, so I think I had a couple of premier scores on that. Tommy Bruner, who leads the nation in scoring, plays for Denver. So if you follow the Summit League, you know who maybe Tommy Bruner is. Well, this game is absolutely off the charts, upside down, crazy basketball game. South Dakota just, you know, they came back a little bit. They were up there shooting it well. And this game last night is it probably was the water cooler talk of everybody that follows Summit League basketball, where South Dakota just could not seal the game. They couldn't seal it. They had opportunities, maybe missed a couple of free throws late, uh, had a layup blocked late. They just couldn't seal the game, even having six-point leads with a minute or so to go or four-point. And Denver's down by four. I think it was a first overtime, down by four in the first overtime. And Tommy Bruner, who right now is blown past 40 points, they're down by four. He gets fouled shooting a three. And hits the three, makes the free throw, and ties the game. A four-point play late beat. And then it forces double overtime. And if you think that double overtime was a casual ho-hum and then boom and then and it's over. Nope. You had a lot of that craziness going up. Again, South Dakota once again fails to seal the game. And, uh, and, and uh, Denver comes down. Bruner goes for a layup. He steps on a South Dakota player's foot. Not tripping because he really wasn't. It wasn't. It was a good non-call in my opinion. And the ball goes out of bounds. Given to South Dakota. And South Dakota's ahead by two. Now, with the basketball, all they got to do is inbound the ball, get fouled, hit some free throws, and, you know, walk into the sunset again. What happens? They inbound the ball, and there's contact. And Tommy Bruner somehow wrestles the ball away, steals the ball for Denver, 
goes to the wing, a skip pass to the opposite wing, and with .7 seconds on the clock, they hit a three to go by one and double overtime. Denver does. And by this time, Derek, I'm pulling my hair out of my head. And I, I no offense, I could care less who wins. I'm like, right. this, this is nuts. And, uh, and it ends that way. And by the time the dust settles, Denver pulls some kind of victory out of the Johnson defeat, 111 to 110 and two overtimes over South Dakota. Tommy Bruner finishes with 49 points in the game last night. That's a Division One Denver record. And then, for good measure, Caleb Stewart for South Dakota, he dropped 44. Two players last night in that game combined for 93 points. Oh, did you watch anything last night or listen to Derek? I did not. I was, was in bed about 7.15, I think. And uh, <laughs> I, as you know, I, I fall asleep early and get up early, so I, I missed out on up, all yes. that. But it just goes to show, I mean, it's why we love it, right? I mean, it, it, you, know, you can. I think that's that's when you know you're a true sports fan. Is, I mean, you don't have a real rooting interest, but you're just Good captivated with what, what you're watching or listening to, and that happens to me over and over again. And I think I enjoy that as much as anything else, you know, more than oh. watching or listening to a Twins or Vikings game. And that's part of the reason I love FBS football so much because – there's hundreds of games on each and every Saturday, and I can get caught into a game that I don't have a rooting interest in, but I cannot turn it away because of the atmosphere that I'm either listening Nailed to or it. hearing. And that's that's what we love. And I think that's you know kind of I think that's what happens now, and why the NFL is bigger than life because fantasy yep, football yep, isn't really yep, being yep. played right now, and, and and so it's it's all about just wanting to see who's going to make the big game coming up here in a couple weeks and. And that's why the last three weekends, it doesn't matter. I mean, I really don't have a huge rooting interest in San Francisco versus the Lions or the Ravens, you, you know, taking Chiefs, on the Chiefs. Right, yeah. But it's just you gotta you gotta be a part of it. You gotta be you know. It's just it's it's such bigger than life right now, and that's why we watch and listen. And it's everything you said there, the passion you brought in there is why oh. people are listening to Seven Forty the Fan right now. That's it right there. You, you get sucked in. I think mm-hmm. that's the best way to put it. You just get sucked in and you're like, okay, I'm, you got me. I'm on, I'm on your pontoon. <laughs> I'm yep. on your pontoon. I'll take the trip around the lake with you. This looks like fun. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's But don't good. you think that is uh, part it, of the reason the NFL and college football are so big oh, yeah. right now? And I think that the other sports, especially the other three professional sports have to get back into that. Cause I think for a lot of people, they follow the Twins around here, but they maybe don't watch Sunday Night Baseball the way they used to, right? Like, it's just not right. – if it's a random Dodgers-Giants game, we don't really follow – and I think they need to bring their stars back so people will casually watch or listen because right now football's leaving in the dust for that. And, and cause, well, I think we live in a day – I think we live in a day and age, too, and it's growing, and it, nothing against it at all. Those that, that, that have a, a, a financial interest probably in a lot of games. That, that part of our uh, – yeah. everything is growing, too. So there's people that are paying attention because probably of that. But I also hope to what you said, that you're paying attention – because the superstars, or Luis Arise has has hit safely in 18 consecutive or 35 consecutive or is borderline, you know, batting or chasing the 400 batting average. Or, you know, there are individuals that you can follow and watch. And Royce Lewis is, you know, we were at the caravan the other day, Derek. You know, Royce Lewis, what's his history have, you know? True. Uh, let's, let's buy into that. So I, yeah, well, we need I, I think a, the NFL yeah. has captured that. And the other sports need a situation like 1998, the home run chase without the steroids, right? I mean that, that right, right, right. I mean that could really right. help out any of the other three sports we're talking about, and, and that's a, that's uh, a very good point. That, that's what you said there just brought me to that for sure. 
Yep, that's a – I will be in Kindred tonight, in case you want it on a high school level. You know, Kindred Grafton is a nice little tilt, and we that's why we put it on the fan. Derek, you know, put our schedule down and, and said that's why you put it on there because this – these have implications, you know, and certainly in, in, in both sides, it's going to be a, a, a big doubleheader. We love uh, doing games in a region. So, you know, Bob Rohr has been busy. He had a game Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. I'll be there tonight doing a doubleheader between Grafton and Kindred, and then I'll zip up. And that here's what's scary about, like, UND women. The NDSU women just probably didn't do UND any favors because my guess is St. Thomas, after getting kind of knocked out of the water by North Dakota State, uh, uh, probably not going to be in a great true <laughs> tomorrow for yeah. that game. So I'm sure Coach Bell's like, thanks a lot, Jory. <laughs> Get them. They're all going to be mad. They're going to want to split. So I got that tomorrow. Uh, the uh, the UND men are at St. Thomas. The Bison are done for the week. It was just a one game in basketball. So uh, Dave's team got uh, had a lead on St. Thomas but dropped. Tough place to play. And the women won it. So that's going on there. Brad Schlossman, thank him for joining us today. Uh, that puck drops tonight, 7.07. No. 7.37 yeah. or so, right? 7 there. o'clock, right, so I got a little couch potato radio tonight right before it. Excellent. Uh, good stuff. Uh, again, get out to the fabulous Fargo Dome. The boat show is here, 32nd annual. Anything and everything, financing, personal watercraft, seminars, you get the picture on that. Uh, get out to the uh, the Fargo Dome and take it all in. That'll do it. Common Man is coming up around the corner. I'll join you tonight from Kindred. Derek Hansen is Couch Potato Radio on 790 KFGL. Gonna be a great weekend, and then we get to chew it all up on Monday. Derek, I got half a pretzel left. Stick around. Common Man is next on 740 The Fan.